you do your roux in a microwave. This gut is beautiful and it's full of gumbo. Nick Saban puts tomatoes in his gumbo. Welcome to the Gumbo Show. Gumbo is a way of life. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Gumbo Show, where three high priests of the Gospel of Gumbo talk about Louisiana's most famous culinary export. Here in Southeast Louisiana, I'm Feynman Roberts. I'm joined by my expat priest co-hosts, Brent Barksdale from the Dallas-Fort Worth area and Dave Huguenel from Northern Virginia. What's happening, fellas? What's going on? Doing great. Ready to, ready to spread the gospel of gumbo? Another yeah. episode. I like, I like the last episode. I was a heretic. This one, uh, I'm, a, I'm a high priest. Like, <laughs> right. I'm, back, I'm back in Feynman's good graces. It's not even Sunday. He today. once was lost. But now he's found. That's right. Welcome back into the fold, Dave, the prodigal son of gumbo. By the way, I got New Testament and Old Testament analogies for days. <laughs> so we'll see if we can wrap those in today. In today's episode, we are going to talk about, and, and we love gumbo. Yep. We all have said that numerous times, and we've, we've discussed it at length. Hey, Feynman, today, we should start a podcast about gumbo. That's how much we love it. Wait, what? Yes, it's a great idea, right? This is genius. How yeah. come nobody's thought of this before? I don't know. I don't know. Well, today we are going to talk about on this here episode of The Gumbo Show, we are going to talk about our pet peeves when it comes to gumbo. Gumbo is great. There are a million different ways to do gumbo, and almost all of them can be awesome. But sometimes things are not so awesome. So, fellas... What thing will make you put down a bowl of gumbo and push it away from your place? At well, the that's, table? that's a different discussion because we are open-minded and we do eat a lot and we'll pretty much try everything, but there's some things that just kind of annoy you and you judge them. You're probably still going to eat the gumbo and just, you know, probably because you paid for it or you're being nice, a nice guest at someone's home, but there are some things and I'll just throw one out. And, um, I'm a big proponent of a very dark, dark roux. So if somebody say serves a bowl with a light roux, as Dave likes to say, they, they, they just don't, they didn't want to put love into it. There was no time invested, uh, because a dark roux, as we all know, takes time unless you're Dave and you put it in the microwave. Um, so See let's discuss episode. a light roux. A light roux is pet peeve number one. Right. A light roux right out. I, and I just got to warn you guys, like I'm about to come in hot. Uh, I've been preparing mentally for this episode for a very, very long time. Uh, probably all my life, to be honest. Uh, just it's been bubbling up inside of me. Uh, I've got like a Walgreens list of pet peeves here. Uh, and to be clear, there's a thousand ways to make make a root, uh, to make a gumbo. They're great. But that doesn't mean there aren't wrong ways to do it. Like That's you, right. You can screw up. And, and I need to call out. I actually need to call out Brent. Yeah. Uh, his recipe. This one is probably my biggest pet peeve of all. I'm going to start it. It is when, so your Trinity, right? Your celery, your bell peppers, your onions, you know, a good, a good gumbo dices that up really well. So it really kind of like basically melts into the gumbo. Barksdale basically just throws the entire vegetables in there, like all whole. <laughs> I like and, chunks. And it's, it's the Big most. Chunks. So here's the thing, Brent. And he cannot who, lie. Who in their <laughs> life has ever said, you know what I want? more than anything right now is I want a huge chunk of celery in my mouth. <laughs> no one has ever said that yet. Yet you dive in head first. You do the thick, tr the I want you to know tray. what you're eating. 
No, it is onion. Love it. Abs- absolutely not. Brent quarters his vegetables <laughs> and tosses chunks. them into the Trinity. <laughs> I go back and forth. Uh, quarter, little qu- Yeah, no. I-, I like a bigger chunk than Dave does. I'm not saying they're massive, but I'm not going to. If it's super big, I don't care. I like it, to know they have, your, your, your Trinity has like its own orbit. Like if you're, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> so I, yeah. I will chime in a little bit on this. Like I'm a little bit agnostic when it comes to the size of the trinity in the gumbo but that trinity needs to be fully cooked and it needs yes. to be soft i don't need to i don't need to bite through a cr- crunchy bell pepper when i'm eating my gumbo and if i do then then i'm i'm not happy and i'm it's probably going to be evident on my face at that point because yeah. that is a major pet peeve although i'll take i'll take a bigger piece of the trinity obviously than dave will uh, Dave, Dave wants all his stuff chopped very, very fine. That's right. I mean, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm being, I'm being a little too, a little, a little too hyperbolic here. I mean, the good, the, the benefit of, of Brent's Trinity is that if you get sick of eating gumbo, you can take it out and dip it in ranch and eat it. So <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do you, do you like, uh, do you like microplane grate your Trinity into the gumbo or? No, I mean, but so like my Trinity is somewhere between being minced and diced. It is, uh, it, it's, it's almost, it's super, super fine. Almost like you put it through a food processor. The wow. benefit of doing that is so one, like when it cooks, like in the roux, like all, you know, I don't know. It, it just, for me, it makes that part better. But the best part is, is when you actually Put, you know, put it in the chicken stock and you turn it into like a gumbo, at, you know, throughout the course of the day, all that Trinity basically melts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so your gumbo just tastes like it, but you don't have like all these like weird textures in your mouth. Like you just get to, you get to focus on the chicken, you get to focus on the sausage, the rice, and just all that flavor from the Trinity is what's. I just different. have a complex palate and I can handle it, but all right, Fame, <laughs> what do you got? Dave and I have spoken. The only, uh, the only chunks Dave wants in his gumbo are meat. Meat chunks. And I guess rice when you that serve That is gospel. It. Right. right. That is gospel. Yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, I'm with you. I, like I've said uh, before, I'm pretty ecumenical when it comes to gumbo. I think there's a lot of good ways to make gumbo. Um, I don't like uh, crunchy Trinity. That would be one. Um, I also don't like a gumbo that is too runny. If you make a roux, a roux is a thickener for gravies and sauces. And if you give me a gumbo that basically pours like a bowl of water, then I'm I'm right out on that already. Even if it has decent chicken and decent sausage in it, I like my gumbo uh, a little bit thicker than that. Um, but that's that's one of my main pet peeves. And then I guess we should bring up one of the third rails of gumbo cooking, but uh, the tomato. Yes. Mm. I'm, I'm out on the tomato. Though to be clear, as I said in a previous episode, go subscribe and rate us by the way, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, by the way. As I said on a previous episode, I recently had gumbo that had tomatoes in it, and it was delicious. But generally, if I hear if somebody says, oh, yeah, I'm making a gumbo, I just added some tomatoes. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, well, what yeah. else you got cooking? And Dave and I encounter that more than you because we're out of state. We're not in Louisiana. So right. there's all sorts of there's – the, there's the tomato. There's the yellow rice that we find out here in Texas sometimes. Oh, my. Um, that is – that, that's, that's bad. That's a sin. Um, so uh, immediately that's that's, you experience. know you're, you're not in the right spot when they bring out the yellow rice. 
Well, and that brings up, you know, another pet peeve of mine, which I'm sure Barksdale runs into all the time. You know, as you travel outside of Louisiana, there's other folks that might want to try a Cajun recipe or a Cajun dish like on their menu at a restaurant. And this is like probably for all Cajun food in general, right? Where, you know, you'll go to a restaurant, they throw some Tony Satchery's, you know, on a ham sandwich and boom, it's a Cajun ham sandwich. Like that sort of stuff happens all the time. But you see it with gumbo too, where it's like all of a sudden, you know, if they put some smoked paprika and some black pepper and something like, boom, let's call it Cajun and call it a day, or let's call it a gumbo. That's where the stuff just drives me off the wall. Like, I mean, you're, you're, you're missing like key ingredients, like, like a good roux or, or even like some filet or some okra. Like they don't necessarily have the Trinity in there the right way. Uh, like, you know, just don't, I don't, I don't go into your state and like start making up things and say that I have like, a, I don't know, like a Montana. What about imitation crab? You ever run into that? Because oh, I have. Oh, yeah. That's, and that just that's messes terrible. up your flavor. Like, it's just, it's not right. And I, and to be clear, I don't know why I was about to make fun of Montana, by the way. I've never been there. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they're fine people. Fine people. You don't go what? into Montana and insist that you're the only one who knows how to make a proper mountain oyster. Uh, <laughs> Delicious. Yeah, I, uh, I, I agree with that. And I'm always terrified. I mean, I live in Louisiana, so I'm terrified to get gumbo outside the state. But what you say brings up an important an important point that you often find outside the state. Like if I take a spoonful of your gumbo and it's super spicy, like you just dumped a can of cayenne pepper in there because you know you're gonna make it authentic, I'm out because I don't think of gumbo as necessarily the spiciest of Cajun dishes or even a very like hot one. Um, it has a lot of flavor. It definitely has spices in it, but it doesn't need to be singe the roof of your mouth hot to be authentic or, or good. Can I give you an example? I was in Dallas at a quote unquote Cajun place that they bragged about their gumbo. Uh, and I got it served to me, had a dark roux, the right looking rice. I mean, everything looked good. And when I took a bite, the spice level and the heat was so unbearable that I, I didn't enjoy it at all. And it had all the elements of what I thought would be a good gumbo. It actually looked really legitimate, uh, really great looking roux, um, good amount of seafood, all that stuff. It was just too hot and just, it was not enjoyable at all. And, uh, he was so proud of his gumbo, but you know, I was not, uh, I wasn't a fan and it's, just, I think say, he was just trying man. too hard to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, and this goes for a lot of dishes, right? substitute sort of heat for flavor and things can, I'm not a big hot food guy, but things can be properly spicy without just making you, you know, want to pour a gallon of milk down your throat to, to overcome the heat. What other, uh, what other pet peeves you guys got? Dave, I have a big one. I'm waiting until the end. Well, I, so, and I think I know what yours is. So I actually want to kick it over to yours. Cause I have some thoughts on this too. So really, so well, there's yeah. two, there's, there's the um, it's it's kind of one and all, one and the same, but it's where they put a shrimp in your gumbo and it's not peeled, <laughs> and therefore I have to to exert extra effort to enjoy my gumbo, which I do not like because I'm not just lazy; I'm just an aggressive eater. So I I don't want to you know get caught with something in my mouth that I shouldn't have. Um, but I'll, shh, that's you know that's for another episode. Um, anyway, um, for another so podcast. unpeeled seafood is a pet peeve of mine but also and people love to throw that gumbo crab claw in the in a little baby you, you order a cup of gumbo and they put a freaking claw in it 
And I'm not going to, number one, I'm not going to take the time to, to eat that meat, that little bit of meat. And number two, it takes away from where more gumbo could be in that bowl. It takes away the room. There's only so much room in that bowl. And I want gumbo in that bowl, not a claw that I'm just going to put aside on a napkin. So, uh, fellas, discuss. Agree, disagree? No, I, I agree. I, I agree completely. I mean, look, I, when I order food, I'm not ordering like a scavenger hunt for non-edibles. Like, I'm, <laughs> uh, like I want, I want a bowl of stuff that I can just put in my mouth and like make my stomach full. Uh, and, and then too, like, yeah, crab claws, you know, uh, I've seen it where it's unpeeled shrimp. I've seen it where it's like, I've seen one where it's like the body of a crab was like in it. Once. Yeah. All the yeah. time. Yeah. And like, that is a lot of volume that could be filled up with really good food. Uh, also, like I, when I, you don't want to get between me and like a bowl of anything in general. Like I'm going to just devour like what's in front of me. So it's also like a safety thing for me. Uh, Cause I'm the type of guy that's not going to pay attention to what I'm eating. And all of a sudden, right. like, you know, I'm, I'm choking on a crab claw. Yep. Or crab yeah, I, uh, shell. I get that people want to throw that stuff in there for the flavor, but the shells are when you make your stock. And if you're at a restaurant. Exactly. You don't need to put the shell in my bowl. You can have it in the bowl in the pot that you're making the gumbo in. Just bring me the flavor. Don't bring me the thing you use to make your flavor. If it's the exterior hard shell of some once alive crustacean, keep that. Just give me the, the good stuff in the gumbo bowl. Yeah. So I'm, I'm totally with you on this, Brent. And honestly, that's a big reason. A lot of times I'll just choose chicken and sausage because right. I'm not going to have to worry about a crab claw or a unpeeled shrimp or a crab torso or thorax. Do what I do, Fame, and order both. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Next there time I go to option. a restaurant, next time I go to a restaurant and someone tries to explain to me, like in that smart sounding voice, like why it's important to have the shell in there, right. I'm going to bring them a bowl of gumbo and I'm just going to like include, like, I'm going to put like the package I bought my chicken in, like in the bowl. And I'm like, hey, it's, it's <laughs> for the flavor. Right. Right. This is for the flavor. That's styrofoam. It's for right. the flavor. That's a good one. Yeah. Yep. So what I else just, you guys got pet peeve wise? Go ahead, Dave. I have one more and that's it. Well, I, I want to touch on, you know, Brent mentioned the root at the beginning of the show and I've, I've got strong opinions on this too. To be clear for, for those that are, are new to gumbo, right? There's different color roux for different things. Uh, a lighter roux is usually called a blonde roux. We talk about dark roux in the show because that is the correct way, the correct type of roux to make on a to use to make a gumbo. Uh, if you're using a blonde roux for a gumbo, generally speaking, you're either lazy, you don't love your gumbo, and it's just a lack of commitment. Uh, you're you're losing flavor. Uh, you're just you're you're just not going to uh, wow me with a blonde roux. Uh, you know, and and also like probably like you're a little bit of a coward. Like you know you know jump in feet first, make yourself a dark roux. You're you're going to thank yourself later. Like I said, strong passions on this one. Like yeah, this, like this episode is throughout like, the coward like, word. Wow, like, dude. I mean, this is like this is like therapy for me. I had to get all this off my chest today. <laughs> I have uh, I only have one more too, uh, but it's sort of tangential. So Brent, you have another uh, actual bowl in the you know substance in the bowl. Yeah, and you have more the... knowledge on this pet peeve than I do. But it's like the sausage is mm. clearly not meant for gumbo, and you just it's there because it's probably all they could get or something. But um, you know sometimes that gets on my nerves. And right, you can speak to that. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean the sausage is meant the sausage brings a lot of the flavor. To the gumbo. And if you get a good, especially a good andouille, a good smoky andouille, 
um, that is going to make your gumbo so much better. And the sausage just adds so much, even to bites that don't have sausage. And so if you have kind of a disinterested sausage, like a bland sausage in your, in your gumbo, it's, I mean, it, it hurts every bite. It doesn't just hurt the bites with sausage. Yeah. I want my sausage interested, not disinterested. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Not just, oh, whatever. This is sausage. This will work. Um, I have one more I'm going to throw out and this is not actually um, related to what's in the bowl. And I hope I can express this correctly, but I hate how ubiquitous or, or ever like gumbo is just like people always just cite it as sort of, it's a, it's the stereotype of Louisiana. Like you just hear it all the time. People will say gumbo. And I'm going to give you an example of this that happens here in our home state and actually happens every time you go to a game at the beloved Tiger Stadium in Baton Rouge. And this is when they describe Tiger Stadium and they call it a a pantheon of concrete and steel, blah, blah, blah. And it is a Louisiana gumbo of humanity. It is possible to not describe things in Louisiana or to describe things in Louisiana without using the term gumbo. Can we just let the term get back to what its roots are? A dish that you eat in a bowl? We don't have to call everything a damned gumbo. It's driving me crazy. Everything is a gumbo. Oh, we're mixing a bunch of things together? It doesn't matter what those things are. They could be flowers. Look at this gumbo of floral arrangements we have it's out like in front of us. It's like when we researched for this show. Louisiana. We were trying to figure out the name for this show. And I would I googled gumbo show and there's like 42 of them and none of them have to do with gumbo. Right. Yeah. Right. I got it. I got it. It's ridiculous. Can we just talk about the dish in the bowl, please? Can we just talk about ruse and sausage and chicken and seafood? We don't need rice. disinterested show titles. Come on, guys. That's right. We don't need disinterested, <laughs> flaccid show titles. Just trying to glom onto something that you believe is a mixture of a bunch of different things. Can we just talk about what's in the bowl? That's right. That's my. I think that's a. A good point to bring it home. That's payment. my rant. Yeah, that's uh, so that's my rant for the pet peeve show. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Gumbo Show. Listen, we are not infallible sources on gumbo. So if you believe we've missed something or if you want to correct us on something or just let us know that we're idiots, which we're well aware of, but we can always use reminding or you think we there's a gumbo we should try or somewhere we should get to try it. Hit us up on our socials. We're on Twitter, Twitter at at Gumbo Show, and on Instagram at Doug Gumbo Show. You can also go to our website, our website, gumboshow.us. Until next time, may your roofs be dark and your bowls be full.